Welcome to the Defiant Business Podcast. A business podcast produced by Defy the Status Quo for forward-thinking businesses and savvy professionals looking to defy the status quo of mediocre customer experiences, barely surviving businesses, and haphazard business development. We'll explore best marketing and sales practices, improving business processes, attracting your ideal clients or customers, striking your perfect work-life balance, business basics, intentional inclusion in business, and so much more. Thank you for joining me today. Let's do this. Hello, everyone. Welcome back for Stephanie Bonte-Lebert's third episode on the Defiant Business Podcast. And as I hinted in yesterday's episode, we will be talking about sales. Most specifically, we are going to say again for the people in the back that sales isn't a numbers game. And Stephanie is going to share with us what we should be focusing on instead. Thank you so much again, Stephanie, for being with me today. Thanks for having me, Ruthie. Okay. So I feel like throwing it out there, you know, and this is for all the people who automate their LinkedIn connections and messages and put you in the cold email campaigns, even though you didn't ask for that, of course. (laughs) But, you know, you say sales isn't a numbers game. And I know that there's a whole camp of people who would insist otherwise, right? So it's a really quick way to get people to disagree with you. So (laughs) when they do, Let's pretend someone has. I'm sure somebody has. What's your response when they disagree with you about sales being a numbers game? Well, first of all, it is the biggest myth in sales ever told. Thank goodness. Okay. There are a lot of people out there playing the numbers game. But let's just stop and think about it for a second. If you need to get more yeses, does it really make sense that you need to get as many no's as possible in order to get the yes? Like to get more yeses, you need more no's. Does that even make sense? Like, no, that's the myth that they say. In order to get more yeses, you need more no's. No, stop going for no. Stop going for no. In order to get more yeses, you need to get more yeses. That's what makes sense. So how do you get more yeses? It's not the numbers game. It's a people game. When you understand people, you can adjust your presentation to meet them where they are, create that authentic connection, and you'll get more yeses. And that is honestly the bottom line. Okay. Okay. So I like that. So it's not about, so let's, let's say numbers, right? So it's not about if you know that you'll have 10% of people say yes, it's not about getting a hundred people and getting, you know, the 10% yes and the rest no. It's about looking at how come you're at 10% and why you're not at 20% or 30% or 40%. Exactly. Because the minute you can understand people better, you're going to start to change those numbers in your favor. I have a friend who used to be a door knocker for a a TV company, a satellite company, and Mm -hmm. he would knock on doors. And he used to tell the story that every time someone would slam the door in his face, he would go walk to the curb, take a couple deep breaths. He would go back to the front door and knock a second time. And they would open the door and they'd be like, dude, what are you doing back here? I just slammed the door in your face. And he would say, well, I have to get a hundred no's today in order to get a yes. So I thought I'd just come knock on your door a second time. So I'd be that much closer. And it was kind of like, ha ha, you know, it might break the ice. He kind of used it that way, but he was buying into the sales as a numbers game myth, you know, because it's not about going back and knocking on the door a second time. It's about going back and and saying, how can I approach this person differently? 
if I can approach this person differently, I'm going to get a different reaction, which is essentially what he sort of did by making a joke. He approached them differently and sometimes it actually worked. Okay. So, but how can you do that in any situation, whether you're a door knocker or not, is instead of just giving the same presentation a hundred times, knowing that 10% of them are going to say yes, give a different presentation every time. And maybe you'll get 30 or 40% of them to say yes. Right. Right. That's really the key right there. And improving. Exactly. Oh, that's so good. It's funny because as you were talking, I was thinking of like the people who just go and knock on the door and then they get the no and they move on. So I, I work a lot with consultants and coaches myself. And something that's a problem with that, of course, is that when they look at me as a business owner, initially, they're usually like, oh, she might want to work with me, right? And so, you know, I'm like, I'm happy to talk with people, though. I'm happy to talk with people because that's my thing. I'm like, let's see how you are, how I am, and, and let's talk. And I feel like a lot of coaches, especially business ones, will go immediately for, what's your biggest struggle in business? And I'm like, didn't we just say hello? Yes. Like, I'm going to share that with you right now. Yes. So I've gotten into I've gotten into this habit of just saying, "Oh, everything's going fine." <laughs> and I cannot tell you how many people have just stopped talking to me. Yeah. Like they just they like I had somebody who said, "Well, how are you using LinkedIn and blah blah blah?" I was like, "Actually, LinkedIn's one of my best channels. I have no problems with it at all." And then like just stopped. Yes. Right. Exactly, cuz they didn't know how to speak your language in the first place. Because if they knew to speak nurturing to you first, they would know never to bring in a potential sales in the initial couple contacts at all. Yeah, <laughs> It's all about getting to know you and getting to just understand who, who your ideal client is in case they could maybe give you a referral. Like the, the best way to approach a nurturing type is to make it about the relationship, not about the sales transaction. So it's like, how can I help you? Like, who do you want to meet in the next 30 days? Maybe there's somebody I know that I can make an introduction for you because I have a community of people I'm connected to and you value community because you're nurturing. So how can I give to you as a first transaction instead of those typical LinkedIn outreach messages, which are all about, here's what I do, you know, would love to help you in the form of a transaction versus let me truly authentically help you and let me connect you to somebody who can help you. And that has nothing to do with me and me making any money, but just how it has everything to do with me doing you a service. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause I mean, for me, it's like, it's not, I don't necessarily doubt the truth on whether or not any of those people could help me. But as soon as they jump in that way, I'm like, well, you don't even know if I'm a good fit for this or not, which tells me that they're leaning more towards working it as a numbers game. And nobody likes to feel like they're just a number. Yeah. Especially when you're looking at business owners. I found that business owners, the more experience they get, they tend to be a bit more savvy. Mm -hmm. So they can kind of see you coming from like a mile away. Yeah. It's, it's obvious. People understand why people are reaching out on LinkedIn in the general sense, yeah. but you still need to, to reach out in the way that works for them based on their personality type. So for me, if you reach out to me on LinkedIn, the best way to get a yes for me on LinkedIn is number one, compliment me. I'm an action. I'm sorry. I like to be, I'm, I shouldn't even say, I'm sorry. I don't want to apologize for myself. I'm an action type. Right. I like a compliment. So compliment me on how successful I, I can tell from your LinkedIn profile that you're obviously a very successful speaker and, and trainer. Congratulations, right? Like that gets my attention as an action type. 
And then I'm a nurture second. So if you know that, then you then you lead in with, hey, I would love to just get on a, a 15 minute get to know you call. Like for me, that's a great way to connect with me. Like I just want to get on the phone and get to know you. That's it. No agenda other than that. Right. So if you knew that about me, you would know never to send me a detailed link to all of the, you know, ways that you help your clients <laughs> or or even lead in with like a cheesy, like even though I'm action and I'm actually the uh, the fastest to take action, like action types can be the quickest to say yes to things. But if you lead with like a cheesy, hey, can your business stand to have more clients? Like, I don't know how many times I've had somebody reach out and ask me that in a LinkedIn template. Like, yeah. can, can you handle can, 15 to 20 more yes, clients you, a month? Exactly. If you can, let me know. I'm like, get out of oh, here. Oh my gosh, that drives me nuts. Get out of here. It drives me nuts. I don't even know what personality type that really works on. Uh, <laughs> it's just like, maybe maybe somebody who's new and they're like, yeah, I'd love maybe. to have 15 or 20 more clients. But I'm like, look here, that maybe. sounds absurd. <laughs> it like, does. I got a bridge. Yeah. If you're interested. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's amazing to me how many LinkedIn experts are reaching out to me. Like they're positioning themselves as LinkedIn experts who help people get more leads on LinkedIn, but they're reaching out to me in the wrong way. So I love to actually analyze their message because I can tell them exactly what personality types are attracted to the message. I have an artificial intelligence for that. I love to send them a little message back saying, "Uh, just so you know, this is your message and this is who I am. Not a match. I love that. I've started pitching people back. Yeah. Not every time, but every now and then I will pitch them back and I'll say something like, hey, so there's actually really a better way to connect with your ideal audience and and market what you do and position yourself as an authority. And that's what I work with my clients on. So if you're interested, we could schedule the call. That is what I have done too, Ruthie. We are on the same page there. I have reverse sold people. It's, it's kind of fun. Like I have to be, I have to have the right amount of, of time in my day. Right. Yeah, exactly. When I get the message, but if I'm feeling it, I'm like, yeah, let's, let's do this. Let's reverse sell to this person because they obviously, you know, are, are missing some key information on how to reach out on LinkedIn. And it's probably because they're playing the sales game of the numbers game, right? So if they're playing right. the numbers game, of course, they're going to get some wins. They are. And if they've got some good systems set up where they can reach out to so many people a day and, you know, they have their whole funnel set up that way, of course, you're going to get results. But you don't have to work as hard. don't have to play the numbers game if you use some different approaches with different people. Okay. All right. So if we're not looking at numbers and we know that we should be focusing more on people, one of the more nuanced questions I was hoping that you could touch on for us would be if you're in charge of a sales team or if you have subordinate salespeople, how can you help your teams with this, right? Because I know with sales, it can be a bit competitive when you have teams. So how can leaders get their team members to focus on the right thing? Yeah. So This is great because when you understand personality science and when you understand this value-based personality science, what's great about it is it's duplicatable. So it's just about training them in the information they need to know about the different personality types so that they can start to immediately see a different result. Because most people just don't know what they don't know. And they're learning sales through trial and error. So they're learning, they're having conversations with people and they're like, well, that didn't work. 
And if they're savvy enough, they're at least assessing it. They're at least saying to themselves, well, what went well with that conversation? What didn't go well with that conversation? What would I do differently the next time I come in contact with a person who's like that, right? Right. So they're learning through trial and error. But if you understand personality science and you understand how to shift based on who they are, which has already been laid out, it's like a script. It's like, you ever see the movie, The Da Vinci Code, where Tom Hanks runs around trying to find the secret to the Holy Grail and he's got to put the code into that little cryptex device exactly in the right way? Yeah. Well, your bank code is the code that opens up that cryptex. Inside that cryptex is a script with the secret written right on it. So imagine that all of your prospects have that little device in their pocket. And if you know their bank code, you can open up and you know the exact script of what to say to get a yes instead of a no, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're a manager who's training your team in this methodology, they know what to say to get a yes instead of a no with any combination, okay? Because there's actually 24 combinations of this code. So what is the combination for that person? And when you know that, then you know how to approach them. And then always listening though, right? Because everybody's unique. Everybody has their own life story and their own triggers and their own tripwires. So you're always listening to what they're saying so that you know if you, what, what personality type they may have moved into. Because I can speak any personality type at any moment. I can start speaking knowledge. And if you don't recognize that I'm speaking knowledge, you're not going to respond back in the right way. I can move into my blueprint, Right. And if you know that I've moved into my blueprint, well, now you got to try to save me money because I'm budget conscious when I'm in my blueprint. So now you're like, oh, she's moved into blueprint. Let me see what I can do to give her a coupon, make a deal, make a guarantee for her to help her feel her blueprint feel good about this transaction. And then I, I move into my nurture and I'm like, yeah, but, you know, do you give back to a good cause? Now you might want to share how you volunteer how every portion of every sale goes to this particular cause, or you allow me to choose the cause that I give a portion of every sale to, right? So it, as you hear this come in, and this is language, you have to think of it like a language, so it takes practice. But as you get better at listening to whatever language is happening, then you can respond in kind. You can shift your language to respond in kind. And that's really what I train teams to do, is to start to recognize it, to understand who the different people are on teams, and then how do you manage conflict? How do you manage conversations when you know people are different within your team and then within your prospects that you come in connection with? Oh, man, this uh, bank code sounds like it, you know, really unlocks quite a bit. It does. <laughs> it really does. Because yeah, I'm really passionate about it. I mean, I'm, I love singing and I love performing and I am, I have all kinds of coaching that I do with people on how to, you know, I talk about the energetic voice, that inner voice, how do you grow that energetic voice so that you feel powerful, you feel confident. And I talk about the physical voice, how to use your voice, how do you create inflection? How do you use your body on the stage? And then the top piece, the third step is the written word. Like, how do you choose the words that you're going to say? How do you write the words that you're going to use in your marketing? So when all those three things are working together, you become super powerful, super influential in everything that you do. Oh, yes. See, and, and I guess that's what I, I love about this is that I know you work with business owners and sales teams. And we were just talking about sales teams just then, right? But the information there, I think, equally applies to anybody who's in a position to sell as part of their living, which includes businesses from 
one employee in size to hundreds or thousands of employees in size. Mm -hmm. And then if you, again, looking more, even more broadly at not just sales, but looking at communications, even if you're not in the sales department, you know, you still have to work with people, influence people, communicate with people. So thinking back to my time in the military, my highest rank, uh, the rank I got out as was a staff sergeant. So I was a leader, but I was in the middle. I wasn't like the highest leader and I, I wasn't the lowest. And so I considered it my job to make life as good for my soldiers as I could. And oftentimes that involved knowing who I was dealing with, what buttons or boundaries I could push, the things that I couldn't do. And, you know, because like you said, certain things work well with people based on their bank code and and certain things don't. And so, you know, I'm thinking specifically of one first sergeant that I had who had to have definitely have been an A. Like he was probably like an A, B, probably. And then the other ones. But I knew that if I, if I really felt strongly about something, I couldn't do it all the time. But if I really felt strongly about something, I could dig in my feet and say, first sergeant, you could do that. I'm not doing that. And if I really dug it, he would look at me and he would go, Sergeant Bowles. Then he would just walk away. <laughs> but I would get my way. <laughs> oh, funny. You know, because he, because I didn't do it all the time. So if I did it, it usually caused him to pause and reflect because he was an A and I'm, and I know A is, has to be one of my top, one of those. And so he would see it and be like, okay. And he'd kind of respect it, you know, cause I, it wasn't all the time. And then he would just walk away. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Couldn't do that with everybody though. Yeah. You know, but I, I like my mind, I must've like figured out like, Hey, if I do this, then, you know, I will have a much greater chance at, you know, getting whatever good thing I felt like needed to happen. Usually, like I said, for my soldiers. So yeah, you picked your battles. It sounds like you picked your battles. And so he recognized that when you pushed back, it was serious. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly right. It didn't do it over everything, but when I felt like it mattered, when it would count the most, absolutely. And of course I had the trust that he wasn't going to like, you know, even though he outranked me, I had the trust that he wasn't going to abuse that particular relationship, of course, you know. Right. So he must have communicated that effectively. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're so right, too. I mean, your communication with your superiors, the people that you manage, all of that is about influence, right? Like, I, I'm i homeschooling my eight-year-old son, and so I'm working on influencing him every morning on how to actually sitting down and doing his math, (laughs) sitting down and doing his reading, right? And sometimes I'm not so great at influencing him. And when I'm not great at it, it's because I'm not speaking his language. (laughs) You know, I'm just not. And so I have to remind myself, I need to shift how I'm presenting this because he's not going to take action unless I speak his language. Ah, fantastic. So we are going to, like I said, we're going to include the link in the show notes so you can take the quiz that Stephanie's been talking about. I am very excited about that because I'm interested in having more conversations with people as they learn about themselves. So I'll also probably drop that link in my Facebook group, the Defiant Business Group as well, so we can have that talk. I'm sure it will be fascinating. And then tomorrow, we've got Stephanie's last episode going live. And I am very intrigued, especially after today's episode and talking about sales and people, to talk about tomorrow's episode, which you would just have to wait to hear tomorrow 
and it will be fabulous. And we will see you then. Thank you so much. See you tomorrow. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the Defiant Business Podcast. Please make sure that you've subscribed and do be sure to leave us a review if you found this episode at all helpful. And if you think it would be a great resource for someone else, be sure to share it with them. See you next time.